switched on than me because you immediately stopped and drumming your fingers as soon as you heard the mouse click. Yes. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series. I am your esteemed host, Emma, and I am joined by your esteemed other hosts, <laughs> Sam. What? Why isn't that another, why isn't that a title, Other Host? I know, just host and other host. Host and other host. How? Why not? Toasting yes. the host. Host with the most. Host with the most. Cool. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, did you ask how I was? I, I got distracted. I said how, and then you kept going. So, we can just answer that if you want. How? Why? <laughs> Exa- exactly. How? How anything? Yep. Why? Why the necklace? Why anything? Oh, man. I've not worn a necklace in probably like 15 or 16 years. Yeah. I, I had one of those like shell, not shell, but like... Oh, puka shell? Kind of like a puka shell. Fuck yes. Um, I think I saw someone in like American Pie or someone wear one. <laughs> and then my brother, my brother had one and he's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't, I don't want that anymore. And so I, uh, I, I, uh, I took it and I, I wore it for like two days. <laughs> I love how like... When you're a kid and you have older siblings, you can attribute at least part of your fashion sense to hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. I still have a coat that my sister bought that I still wear to work and get lots of compliments on. Aww. But, like, I would never have picked it out for myself, but she was like, do you want this? I was like, yes. Yeah, why <laughs> Yes, not? I do. I don't want to buy a coat. I will take yours. Well, because my brother and I, we, um, we had the other end of the house to, the, to ourselves, and... It literally was. Uh, I think he came up with it, but mm. I I went along with it because I was fine with it. It was what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. Which was it was a matter of, and like, you know, we're we're brothers. We love each other. Um, it might be a case of like, hey, I've left all my like all my underwear is in the dirty basket. Can I borrow a pair? Can I borrow a pair of socks? Sometimes it was like. Hey, I don't have a good pair of jeans to wear out. Can I wear your jeans? Um, you know, I I used to share a lot with my brother. Aww. In terms of clothes, not really much else. Yes. <laughs> if I'm slurring my speech, it's because I'm living my dream of being an upper middle upper middle class uh, housewife. Upper middle class. Upper middle class housewife, and I'm drinking a Pinot Grigio in the afternoon. It's. No, you are correct. I was about to say it's not that a it Pinot... is apple. <laughs> no, <laughs> that it's a Pinot Grigio. I was about to say it's not. We just had this conversation, <laughs> but the crux of said and the conclusion was that it is indeed Pinot Grigio. But previously, when we had the conversation, I was the one that was wrong that time. <laughs> it, this is the point we're at in lockdown, where <laughs> like it really doesn't matter what the fuck type of wine it is. But here we are. Um. <laughs> How are you, Sam? I am good. I uh, I learnt this weekend um, something that seriously triggers you, what? which is don't befoul the name of one Mr. Fred Rogers. No, absolutely not. We finally, well, I finally got around to watching A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood and Sam just happened to also watch it. I, I also, you know, watched. Yeah, yeah, but like you weren't like dying to see it. Oh, no, no. Um, I will. I will give it this. Sorry to interrupt. I I had a much better time watching Tom Hanks play Mr. Rogers than I did watching him play Walt Disney because you can like. There's no sugar. Disney, Disney's not going to tell the truth about how Walt Disney was, mm-hmm. and for all you know, accounts and all records and everything. Mr. Rogers seemed to be a completely lovely human being. So, yes. yeah. And, and you know, Tom Hanks is adored in Hollywood. So You and, could and, say he's the Mr. Rogers of this generation. Sure. Yeah, actually, no, I would. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was very charming and, and, yeah, very delightful movie. Yes. 
lots of tears were shed on my end. And there was a moment where someone said something bad about Mr. Rogers on the film, which wasn't actually Mr. Rogers. They were saying it to actor Tom Hanks, and you very, very vehemently just declared, Fuck you! (laughs) I'm just, I'm not here for people talking shit about Mr. Rogers. He, by all accounts, was a very good guy, and I feel like... Yeah, we sort of, we missed out on, like, that really wholesome era aside from, like, Sesame Street. We, had, we did have Sesame Street, and Sesame Street was delightful. We had Sesame Street, but, like, that's it. Like... We didn't really have any good puppet shows. Like, we had What's in the Box, but the... the that was the, cursed. That thing was freaky. We had, uh, oh, what was the one with the junkyard animals? Raddus the Rat, Medigliano oh, yeah, the Cat. Yeah, Feral TV. Fer- feral TV, which... <laughs> Which in itself, like, you could probably look at it and go, oh yeah, they're cute, but they, it also had that sort of, kind of, not as bad, but that Ren and Stimpy gross yeah. nature to it, because they were junkyard animals, like, yeah. and yeah, the main character was a, a rat that, actually, it's more sick the, the more that I talk about it, it's a, it was a rat that was a punk. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, actually, I, I kind of wouldn't mind watching some feral TV. Oh, I thought you meant sick in, like, a bad way. No, nah, so our podcast is Punk Goes Pod. Like, we I, talk about punk, like... I am aware of this. <laughs> I've been sitting here next to you for 50... 61. Shit, 61. Well, it's more like 63 or 64, depending on bonus episodes. Good lord. Um, yeah, anyway, it just... Yeah, I only really know or like first learned about Mr. Rogers through Reddit because obviously a lot of kids or people our age must have caught the tail end of Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers. And yeah, he just sounds like he was very lovely. And yeah. so I was cross that this I think he might have even been fictional journalist in this movie spoke ill of Mr. Rogers. So I remember who, the, but like the person who had the friendship with him was real, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. but different name, I think. I think oh, the okay. movie was based on an article that someone wrote about him, so yeah. I don't know just how close they were, that kind of thing. I didn't read into it. Look, I get it. You know, my Mr. Rogers is Guy Fieri, so, yes. you know, don't ever speak ill, not, not you, you can say whatever you want about Guy Fieri, but if anyone else hurts Guy Fieri... <laughs> Why do uh, I get a free pass a, on it? I could because be... I love you. <laughs> That's not very supportive of Guy Fieri. L- listen to me, though. Like people of the world, if you hurt Guy Fieri, I'll find you. So this isn't a Guy Fieri nor a Mister Rogers podcast. So this week we are looking at the song "Alone in a World." It might be called "Alone in a World Without You." We'll get to that. Um, by the band Glass Eater as covered for Punk Goes Acoustic. Well, do you want me to... I mean, there's no real reason why, but do you want me to clear it up? Yeah, sure. So Alone in a World Without You is the original... Yes. ...that was released on Glass Eater's self-titled 2002 album. And then Alone in the World is the Mm. acoustic cover. Why did they do that? I, I don't really know... Yeah. Like, I've written in my notes about it, but, um, I mean... Because even in the lyrics, it doesn't seem explicitly to talk about, like, and I am without you. Like, lyrics... like, since day one you've been away, yes, but, like, yeah. Anyway. The, the, and the lyrics are the same. It's, it's the same song, yeah. but it's, it's given itself a different title, which, mm. yeah, I mean, it does, I mean, in my opinion, it feels like two different songs, but... Yeah. You know. Anyway. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just get into Glass Eater. I guess so. The words of Sam did the research, as per usual, and 
He notes here that while writing this run sheet, he got distracted and started reading about pica, the disorder where someone has an appetite for non-nutritive substances, which I know isn't funny, but it's just something about the juxtaposition of that in the context of this very stupid podcast. <laughs> I was oh, no. well. I was just like, well, the band's called Glass Eater, <laughs> so it I started. Sure to, is. I started to think about that, and I think I remember seeing like a Guinness World Records episode or something where someone ate glass. Oh. Um, Did they die? No. Um, but yeah, the the I don't know if you'd call it a fetish or whatever you call it, but an appetite for glass is called high olophagia. Okay. Um, yeah, I, was, I don't know why. I just found it kind of interesting. There's a there's a movie out, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like just come out like this year or last year. It has the the girl who looks strikingly similar to Jennifer Lawrence, who was in The Girl on the Train. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Um, who I, for the whole movie, was like, oh, okay, so that's, so Jennifer Lawrence is in this movie, and it, and it wasn't. No. Um, she's in this, she does this other movie where basically she has this, but not with glass, but she eats whatever she can sort of get her hands on, so it's like pins and stuff like that. <sighs> And so yeah, there was there was someone they they found someone like someone who was in a in a asylum um, like a hundred or also years ago, and yeah, it was like they found like nails and stuff oh in, in his stomach when he died. That's <laughs> like okay. What's the strangest like non food item you've ever eaten, or are you smart and you've literally never eaten anything stupid? I mean, as a kid, I've probably eaten paper. Yeah, that's true. That's probably the strangest thing I've swallowed. Mm. Um, non-food. Yeah, no, it's probably... I mean, do tablets count? No. No. Because they're engineered to be... Digested. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, probably probably just paper. It just occurred to me, I, I'm not sure if it's just, like, a memory I've inserted, but, like, I'm pretty sure I've eaten packing peanuts before. I can see it, yeah. <laughs> I just had this, like, intrusive thought of, like, being in primary school and someone being like, yeah, these are really good, and us, like, eating one. (laughs) I mean... Which would explain a lot, just in terms of how my life has progressed since. Um, I I feel like one isn't going to do damage, but if you... No, I didn't eat, like, a handful of them. But if you were going to start eating packing peanuts every day, yeah, that's going to fuck you up. (laughs) That's that's not going to be good. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see how that's exiting your body. No, but yeah, definitely have eaten paper before. But as far as I know, no members of Glass Eater suffer from high alophagia. Yes, but they did form in 1998 from Miami, Florida. Sick Miami. Uh, it looks as though they went on indefinite hiatus from at about 2003. Uh, they had a reunion show in 2014. Okay. But I don't think they're back together, so to speak. Right. I think they just, yeah, do the odd show here and there. That's kind of what I was able to find. This is another band, mm. kind of like last week with Emmanuel. Um, you know, I, I went outside of the purview of Wikipedia and couldn't quite find much about them. Yeah, it's funny. Like, when I was listening to this for the first of very few times, I was like, I don't know if I know the name or not. We were saying it's sort of like a mishmash of, like, glass jaw, jawbreaker, like, just those sort of similar, like, mouth-jaw-focused yeah. names. And I, I don't know if I ever heard of them. I And I think there's another band sort of in the scene that was in a glass or a mouth or a something to do with that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think and I can't, but it's it's strange when there's just these little ones because it's like, yeah, it just kind of goes to show like there's just so many offshoots of like what we consider to be like the bread and butter of like what we listen to. Yeah. And they just never factor in. And there's something about this scene that just sort of spat out so many bands mm. just absolutely just so many bands it was almost like they couldn't really keep up with 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you had your, your big ones, mm. but yeah, there just there was just too much to sort of keep up with. Um, so yeah, like it makes sense that they were on this because they were signed to Fearless. Yeah. Um, and this was the first acoustic album, so it was pretty early on. Yeah. So I think the first acoustic album was what, like two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Yeah. Which would you know be pretty close to their breakup. Okay, so this kind of not makes sense, but like uh, JC won Carlos Lopez on guitar. He later joined Stretch Armstrong, mm-hmm. and then Nate Van Dame Van Dam on drums. He later joined Hit the Lights, and I do know those two bands. Hit the Lights. I think Hit the Lights might have been on another Punk Goes, which is how I know them, potentially. Oh, and we haven't done them yet. Yeah, possibly. Stay tuned for Hit the Lights. Let me have a look. Uh, Maybe not. Anyway. Because I'm going to finish my wine. Um, Yeah, it's just... It's really interesting when we encounter these sort of, like, flash in the pan, and I don't mean that in, like, a mean sense. It's just their career was very short. This was already a niche enough genre. Like, mm. you really could only get, you know... And even you compare if you compare Newfound Glory to Simple Plan, Sum 41, Good Charlotte, like, they... Like, even New, Newfound Glory compared to them was kind of like a B-band. Like Yeah. Uh, and Newfound Glory, like, possibly one of the most... Well, no, not possibly. They'd be one of the most recognisable pop-punk bands. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have, you know, other, I mean, do you consider early, early, like, a, you know, initial Paramore to be pop punk? What was that, sorry? Do you consider early Paramore to be pop punk? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Well, like, again, it's sort of, I'm sure there's someone out there listening to this being like, no, they weren't. What the hell? But like, I yes. Mean, if Machine Gun Kelly says that they are, then I happen to believe that they are, or they were. Hey. What, I'm on Machine Gun Kelly's this Hey, you can't have everyone. Machine Gun Kelly can't be Fred Rogers as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, although... I like that he went on Catfish that one time. Although maybe, maybe Machine Gun Kelly is like the sort of tattooed, you know, SoundCloud rapper, pop-punker, Mr. Rogers. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Yeah, no, it's funny. Like, I've just been reading, and I hope I haven't dovetailed too far from what you were saying. Do, do what you're going to do. This might not be a terribly long episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need all the content we can get. So, for punknews.org, uh, I think in 2003, Scott Heisel reviewed Glass Eater's album, Everything is Beautiful When You Don't Look Down. And I don't think... No, that's not the album that this song is from. No. This but, is, it was the self-titled, so yes, Glass Eater. That's right, yes. Album. But, like, it's funny, because the opening paragraph of his review is, Glass Eater's medicine is, for lack of a better term, that one Glass Eater song. Ask anyone who sort of follows the underground music scene if they've heard of Glass Eater, and they'll say something to the effect of, yeah, I have an MP3 of that one song, Medicine, I think. Every band gets their one song, and Glass Eater definitely already used theirs up. And I think that's a good way to put it. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, I tried to listen to Medicine on Spotify because it's among the top played. Yep. I was like, yep, sick. Spotify then shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, like, that I was going to use that as, like, the litmus test for, like, oh, okay, have I heard of these people before? Yeah. And that's all I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I hadn't really... I don't know if I heard them, and I can't remember if I listened to Medicine or not to prepare for this. I listened to a little bit of their stuff. Yeah. Um, to get ready for this, and yeah, I don't think I listened to that because, well, I mean, it didn't jump out at me. Um, fuck it, I'm thinking of some other bands that also were like, oh yeah, there's that one song. Mm. It's almost like it's kind of weird. It's almost like one hit wonders in the scene, on the in, in the scene scene. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like radio play. They got they got you know MP3 tones. Yeah. Yep. You know, like how many how many times have they been downloaded on LimeWire or, you know, Kazaa? Yeah, like I'm finding that at the moment because I Winamax. May I speak? Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I'm finding that with 
a bunch of my old mix CDs that I found at home, like my family home, that I'd made for myself in high school. And every now and then there'll be a song that comes on and I'm like, I remember this. I have no idea who this is by. Mm. I thought it was great. I cannot, yeah, I cannot for the life of me remember who the artist is. So, like, for instance, a while ago I was like, oh, okay, this song's interesting. Like, Google's on the lyrics and it was Mest. I never listened to Mest. No. Like, it's just funny how, like, and again, it must have just been because, like, one of my friends had it saved on their computer and we were listening to it sometime. Yeah. It's interesting how these mixed CDs just sort of got cobbled together with, like, It'd just be like back to back to back, like my Cam B sides or like Fallout Boy demos or whatever the hell else I wanted, tossed in with all these like. Ran- and I reckon like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I've heard Medicine by Glass Eater before, mm. and that's it. But if we were to go back to episode one, mm. Student Rick, mm-hmm. and they had the same thing, where I can't even remember who it was that they said it was, but. Basically, their song had been shared within a whole bunch of you know file sharing sites, but it was being labelled as someone else. Yes, um, I forget I, the specifics, but yeah, I remember that. I mean, I guess the the most, not, maybe not the most famous, but one of the most famous examples of this is, you know, if you ask a lot of people now who sung "Cats in the Cradle," and they'll say Cat Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was on <laughs> Napster they did that. <laughs> It was, re- it was released on... Well, not released, but it was put up on Napster as Cat Stevens and not Harry Truman? I think so. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, no. Cat's in the... Uh... Yeah, Harry Chapin. Not Truman. Chaplin. Chapin. Chapin. Harry Chapin. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> um, and, I mean, if you just sort of download a whole bunch of stuff... I. You know, if I typed in Newfound Glory in, like, LimeWire, it might also then come up with... So they'll have, like, a, you know, the top, you know, 10 searches for Newfound Glory, but then it might, like, if you go further down, like, if you start searching further, it might be like, oh, there's some Rufio, there's some Alistair, there's some Spittlefield, and you might go, oh, okay, well, I'll download that yeah, stuff as true. well. Like, I just want it all. Um, going back on the topic of WinMX, so they used to have a... A chat feature like they had chat rooms yeah um and so it was one for like punks and goths sick and so i went on it <laughs> and i'm chatting with this girl and she's like and oh, she's no. a goth and she's like so what punk do you listen to and i'm like because i said oh yeah i'm a punk and she's like what punk do you listen to i'm like you found glory rufio allison she's like so not Sex Pistols, Ramones. Ugh. And I'm like, no. And she's like, so you're not a real punk then? Oh I'm my like, God. I'm like, you're some random person in another country. <laughs> uh. and, and I was like, so who's your favourite goth band? She's like, Tool. I'm like... They're not punk either. Well, no, they're not goth either. Yeah. I was like, well... And I wanted to be like, so you don't listen to like The Cure, maybe Depeche Mode. But yeah. No. I just, that, was, that was my... when The first time my... Uh, punkness got rocked <laughs> i finally received my order from silver sprocket the other day um so i have my physical copy of the punk the rocky horror punk rock show and i also bought a compilation like a or oh, what's what's the book equivalent of a compilation <laughs> oh it doesn't matter a coupon book <laughs> a book containing all of mitch clem's nothing nice to say comic which was a web comic and now it's defunct um and it this kind of conversation just always reminds me of like one of my favorite comic strips in it it's just like a dude like wearing uh i think like green day shirt or something like that and there's these two punks they're like haha like doesn't he realize that music sucks and so this guy gets really sad and like goes home and like listens to different cds and like practices his band music and stuff and then like by the fourth panel, it's that guy with one of his friends and they're laughing at someone wearing a Blink-182 yeah. shirt. Being like, ah, doesn't you realise that music sucks? That was literally the only comic that I saw out of that. <laughs> I, I want to read I want to read the whole lot, but it's like the only one that I saw. And I was oh. like, and I, it gave me a legitimate chuckle. Like, ah, ah, ah. It's just, yeah, everyone just needs to get the fuck out of their own way, basically. Like, who gives a shit yeah. what genre your music is? Yeah. Hundred percent. I say this as a as a lover of metal. Um, 
who gives a flying fuck if something... Who gives a flying fuck if Nickelback is registered as metal. Like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Nickelback doesn't care. Why should you? Exactly. So what do we think of... Or what do you think of Alone in the World? Because I am an individual outside of this relationship. (laughs) Cool. Um... (laughs) I actually like it. Yeah? yeah. So should we? We'll start with the original version, I guess. Yeah. So I alone, alone in the it, world without you. Yeah, I always find it weird talking about like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. At least we've got two songs this week. It's not one of those ones where it's yeah. just one song. It's like, although maybe this would go quicker if, if we had one song. Um. Yeah. No, I like it. I think he. Uh, I mean, it's definitely. I wasn't expecting this sort of level of emotion and. Yeah, like it's it's he has a very interesting voice. I'm wondering if he's trying almost to emulate. I don't know what his name is. The lead singer of REM. Um, um, Michael Stipe. Sure. Um, I think it's Michael. Stipe. I think it is Michael Stipe. Um, but yeah, no, I I um, it's a really you know for the for the, the nature and the subject of the song. It's um, you know, I I couldn't quite figure out if it's a breakup or if it's being in a relationship that's maybe going nowhere. Um, mm. And, yeah, it's like he has a very sorrowful voice that goes with that, that sort of really punctuates this feeling. And and I, I really I really dig the line, like the two lines, basically like the two, you know, sentences that go back to back. I don't ask for much and then... Yet I want it all. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like when you're going through like if it is something where it's like maybe this relationship is about to end and, and they're they're a bit younger and they're thinking like they're thinking to themselves, I I don't want anything besides you. Like I just want this to work. Mm. I'm not asking for much, I just want us to be together. Yeah. But then whether it's a day later or a week, month, six months, years you come to that realization, like I was asking a lot of this person. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's you know a matter of you know they're not that interested in me anymore, and and I was clinging on to something that wasn't there. I've grown up and I realized this. Yeah. Um, and I can now accept that it's over and move on with my life. Yeah. I do. I do quite like that. I think it's to go, you know, as I said, back to back. So it's. Yeah. In a sentence, it shows like. Where you are, and then where you where you're going to be, or you well, know. it's somewhat contradictory. Like, yeah, yeah, that line very much jumped out to me as well. Like, it's a very angsty sort of couplet. Like, yeah, and yeah, I appreciate the turn of phrase. It's just very cleverly done. Um, I do also like. I can't remember. I think it's going into the last. It's going into close to the end, and it does sort of slow down, mm-hmm. but it's not slowing down to end. It's slowing down, and it continues. But I do feel as though it meanders a bit. Yeah. It goes... And I don't even think it's that long of a song. I think it's like, you know, maybe below four minutes. It's not terribly long. Yeah. But it's it it's sort of... Like, I probably would have really been into it in high school when, you know, I was you know crushing on someone and they didn't feel the same way about me and I wanted to be sad about that. Yeah, I probably would have really uh, that would have probably really resonated with me as a teenager. Well, the first the first half of that would have really resonated with me as a teenager, mm. but then as an adult, it's like, well, if they don't like you, they don't like you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're asking a bit too much of someone to you know expect them to like you if you like them. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to get the the time of this song without it actually playing uh hold on but and it's also yeah i think it's about 420 because the acoustic yes the acoustic version is like 340 Mm. which is strange the acoustic version is shorter than the uh than the original Mm. Uh, i'm just gonna let it i'm just gonna try and be as quiet as possible with it um but i think overall it's a pretty strong you know sort of emotional song and it's everything is about about it is it's trying to be a sad song, and it is. Yeah. You know, the subject, the, the title, Alone in a World Without You, it's not going to be a... It's not going to be a, you know, walking on sunshine. 
I'm really sad that that never got covered by Fearless Records. I know. It, um... Yeah. I know it got covered by someone for Jennifer's Body. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Oh, wait, no. Is it? No, it's, um... No, it's I see not. A, a, I'm a Damn, super yeah, eye, I can right. see clearly now. I can see clearly Damn. now. Damn, okay, it wasn't, man. Um, but that doesn't matter. That soundtrack still rips. No, so I was wrong. So it's four minutes and two seconds. Okay. And then the acoustic version is um, shorter than that. The acoustic version is three minutes and 41 seconds. Right. What do you think of this? Not much. No. Um. It just... I'm not getting the same distinct meaning from it. Yep. Like, first half, sure. I'm getting that it's sort of like, oh, I miss this person. Like, it didn't work. I wish it had sort of thing. But then it sort of turns into this weird, like... So, yeah, they lost me when they get to the point, don't live life by the norm in society. Do what you have to do to keep you happy. And what if it doesn't add up to them at all? It makes sense to you. Keep on. Don't stall. (laughs) It's just very, like high school poetry which just makes me cringe and also i i'm not sure how old the members were of glass eater when they wrote this but like it feels like a mentality that they were too old to have yeah well i mean 98 this song was out in 2002 so they were together for four years at that point they might have been in their late teens, early 20s. Okay, on... so if that's the case, then that makes sense. I don't know how old they were when they got together, though. Mm. I'm going by last week's band, Emmanuel, who got together at 14. So, you know, at that stage, they would still only be 18 and, you know, in, in, still in high school. I think, yeah, it just... Because, yeah, you do have those bands, like Blink is a classic example of, like, they still write from a teenage mentality... And if the song isn't great, then they sort of lose you, like... Yeah. Because unless the song just, like, rips, then you're not going to buy into it. Because it's like you're nearly 50. Yeah, and still writing songs about girls. And just still writing songs about, like... I don't know, fucking... Going to the mall. Or like, Well, not mall, yeah. but like, I can't think of something... Which is hilarious, like... because malls are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, like... But, yeah, there's just something about this song. It's just kind of like, if I had heard this when I was 14, I might have been like, yeah, do what you want to do. But then, like, you grow up and, unfortunately, like, yeah. It's not to say that society is operating as it should, because it absolutely isn't. But, like, there is a line between, like, what separates us from just completely, like, going off the rails yeah. And that is having to just sort of play a bit of a role. Like, what are you looking at? I'm trying to find Boss. Oh. There he is. He's on his bed. He's clean bed. Very good. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. It sort of, it gets to a point where it's like, this song isn't making enough of a message to be thumbing its nose at society in a like ambiguous sense. Yeah. You seem very distracted. I'm just trying to see how dark it is out there. <laughs> It's like nearly 6.30 and it's still light out. That's because daylight savings just began or ended. I don't know which one. I know. Um, I mean, they've definitely gone with their strongest lyrics first and then it was like... I I could definitely see whoever wrote the lyrics to this, like, starting off really strong and then like... Oh, I still need to write another verse and, and <laughs> like, a bridge here. Yeah. What the fuck do I say? Talking about society. All right. I think, yeah, like, I think... Because there is a brand of pop punk where... Yeah, you can sort of stay infantile if you're great or you have that nostalgia factor. Or, like, there is that path of, like, pop punk where you can talk about like growing older but in like a an adult sense yeah like and look it's an obvious example because it the band is in part like one of the members of this band i'm about to talk about they co-host blink 155 which i'm obsessed with but like the canadian pop punk band junior battles like they're very good at writing songs that capture just like the monotony of being in your mid to late 20s and, like, you're going to work and it's just fucking boring, but you have to make that paycheck and, like, 
just the drudgery of that without it being this weird sort of like what's the word like idealistic thing that ultimately sounds hollow yeah whereas that's what I'm getting from Glass Eater here can I ask though did Junior Battle start when they were 15 or did Junior Battle start when they were 30 they probably started when they were in their early 20s I reckon isn't Sam like in his mid 30s though I think they've been around for a while, though. Okay, but even still, like, alright, so let's say let's say they're 24 when they started, like, lol, this is 2010, let's just do a pop-punk band for the, for the hell of it. They started it, in 2007. So 13 years ago, yeah, so like, alright, so in their early 20s. Mm. Again, like, lol, let's start a pop-punk band, although... 2000... And that, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, they were in the sort of, the correct demographic to be writing to that demographic yes and it's and it might be that thing of like you know if a band like glass eater were you know teenagers when they started then you know potentially like practicing in high school and and that sort of thing like and this is we're talking sort of we're probably talking out of our asses at this stage because they split up in 2003 Mm. Um, they were probably, they were probably at the time that they split up, that was probably at the time, you know, the same age that Junior Battles was getting together. Yeah. But I'm thinking of a band like Emmanuel who were 14 when they were together. And that was a lot of bands. Like even when I was in high school, it was a lot of bands, like probably the most famous Melbourneian band at the time was the Getaway Plan. Yeah. And they were still in high school when I was in high school. They were in they, they were in high school at the same time as me. Like, yeah. they were teenagers. And so if you have a band that keeps going on, like, say, if Newfound Glory, I don't I can't remember how old they were when they got sort of started, but if they were in high school as well, then that's what brought them to the dance. That's what got mm-hmm. them famous was yeah. these songs. And it was like, you know, I don't think there's an American Pie movie that doesn't have a Newfound Glory song somewhere. And that's probably not true, but I know at least in American Pie 2, yeah. when they're walking off the beach yes. after they've had yes. the uh, the discussion with, with the Ozmeister. Yes. Wait, no, it wasn't Oz, it was Kevin, because he thought that Tara, Tara Reid was going to come and, and have sex with him, but she wouldn't. And they're like, hey man, let's just go to the party and have a good time walking off the beach and hit or miss by a newfound, gro- <laughs> newfound glory. <laughs> Oh man! That's I'm just a... gonna go ahead and call it. This is one of the worst episodes we've ever that's done. That's a that's a dope <laughs> idea, though. Like newfound a newfound glory cover band that just like rewrites the lyrics into like Cannibal Corpse songs. All right. <laughs> I am in a very specific headspace where I am not enjoying this. Oh, okay. No, like not not because of you, but like. It's slightly hot. I've just had a shower, so my hair is wet. I'm feeling a bit ill from drinking wine. It's daylight savings has shifted, and I'm so tired. And I do not care for this band or this song as much as I'm trying to be diplomatic about it. So this is the episode where I broke you. No, you didn't break me. Just everything, like... (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Shall we go on to the acoustic version? Sure, let's do that. Since day one, you've been away, and since then you, you've made me stay, alone in a world where I'd like to hear, the words of approval ringing in my ear, cause I don't ask for much, yet I What do you think about it? 
Because you have more thoughts than I do about everything at this point. I like it. Good. Why? Can you please describe some I think reasons it's, why? I think it's a more well-thought-out version than a lot of the acoustic versions we mm. get. It's not the best. No. It's it's definitely not the best version. Um, mm. But, like, it beats the bands that just have the dude with an acoustic guitar singing. Like, it's... Yep. There's, there's piano, there's violin. It's, as I said... At sort of like closer to the beginning, it feels like it's a different song, mm-hmm. which could explain why this has a different title. Um, yeah, it would be very funny if someone at Feel has just fucked it up. Mm. <laughs> would be funny. Anyway, but it's but it is like a matter of like Spotify has it alone in the world and then alone in a world without you. Like mm. there is that clear distinction. Like it's it's differently titled. Which I mean, again, we can't necessarily trust Spotify. Uh, YouTube also has it alone in the ah. world and alone in a world without you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Wikipedia has it as well. So I have thought that and I've yep. done a little bit of research. Usually I don't. Mm. But I, yeah, confirmed that yes, they are differently titled. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... And as I said, like, for some reason it's shorter than the, than the hard rock you know, post-hardcore version of this song. I think it works in its favour, though. Like, they tighten it up. Yes. And they add more elements to it. Yeah. Um, and, like, the sorrowful voice works with an acoustic guitar, but it also works with an acoustic guitar, violin, and piano. Like, it's... It feels like they definitely were just like, okay, let's not just do the same thing. Let's bring in some extra elements to this and make it feel a bit different. Like, let's make it feel, you know, like a completely different song. Yeah. What do you think? Because um, usually when you say, I don't like a song, you then, after another listen, you like the song and you have stuck to your guns with this one. Look, I just, I can't get past those lyrics being quite goofy. Yeah. Um, and that, for me, lyrics are a huge component of a song. Like, even if they are, I don't know, reductive or like, I don't care, but, like, if it comes across as goofy and it takes me out of the experience, then, like, you've lost me. Yeah. I do... In saying that, I do appreciate that they really do turn the song on its head for this. Um, But then, like, in a sense, I find it kind of jarring because, like, this turns what was a classic sort of punk, pop-punk, whatever you want to call it. Apparently they're post-hardcore. It really doesn't matter. I don't know. That's... And I this is coming from someone who doesn't know what post-hardcore is. I'm like, that sounds like that's probably post-hardcore. Yeah. Anyway, like, yeah. It's funny, though, like, the way they have repurposed the song, it takes it from post-hardcore to, like, radio rock. Yeah. And I find that bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very talented and, like, they've executed it well, but, like, this just sounds like something you'd hear on, like, classic rock radio. Yeah. No, I get that. Or just like, it It just sounds like radio filler to me. Like, it's good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hold any of the qualities that make it part of the scene anymore. And when, you know, in 2003, this would have been played with, you know, fucking Nickelback, Hinder, <laughs> um, some Creed, probably. Creed are great. Or at least with the arms wide open and higher. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Live. Now we're just going into Christian oh, rock territory. Live. What that one song? Run to the water. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is a vibe. See, I wish we were covering that this week instead, because that song genuinely elevates me to a different plane of existence. I mean, I wouldn't buy it. I probably wouldn't listen to it voluntarily, but punk goes Christian rock. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of the natural conclusion of it, I feel. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just all these sort of, like, bands that never quite forged, like, a path. I could easily see them playing at Hillsong or, like, a church. Yeah. 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 I would not be surprised at all if Newfound Glory has played at a church somewhere. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah, I remember seeing a photo of Michael Chislett from the Academias, who I loved and love still. And, like, I always knew that he played for at Hillsong, whatever, during his career in the Academias. But, like, 
he sort of separated himself enough from that community to join the Academy and like the Fueled by Ramen scene and all of that. And then I saw a picture of him from like maybe a couple of years ago and he's just completely lost everything that sort of made him that scene. Like, he used to have the very distinctive like mm-hmm. scene haircut. So of course he's just got a normal person haircut now. And it's just like, yeah, you play for Hillsong, don't you? Like, <laughs> And like, good on you. But also like Hillsong is quite evil at times. What was the Australian version of that? Planet Shakers. Planet Shakers. Fucking... I, yeah. I hate that I know so much about that. It's just because I went to a school where kids were, like, super into it. I went to school with a girl, and, um... Cool. Yeah, there was a couple. <laughs> um, no, I went to school with a girl, and she... Like, primary school, and I think high school, and then she had me on Facebook or, like, MSN Messenger and her thing. You know, like, you had, like, your display name, but then you'd also have, like, in MSN Messenger, you'd Your have, away like... message. Not a way message, but, like, you could, like, look at it. Like, I would always have, like, lyrics. Yeah. Underneath my display name, which was Cowboy from Hell because of Pantera. Um, and then it would just be, like, some, you know, death metal lyrics or something. Because I was so edgy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the edgiest. And she would, all, like, her thing would always just be, like, like, what you would see on Facebook. Like, had the best time at Planet Shakers today. Oh. And I think... She was engaged at, like, 19? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I could totally see a punk goes Christian rock. I mean, I guess there was, like, Flyleaf, and I get Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we say, Newfound Glory. Yeah. Paramore. Yeah. Paramore are real ones, though. Like, they're great. I mean, real ones in the sense that, like, they're legit. They're good. Well, so it's Newfound Glory. I know, but, like... Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, though, I think the thing that gives it a pass for me is none of these bands... I'm sure there were pop-punk bands that did, but, like, none of these bands sang about Jesus. No. There's not a, there's not a newfound glory song. There, there might be. Look, I haven't gone through their entire discography, but it's, like, it's always about, like, having a good time. Like, eating pizza and playing video games. Like, it's not about Jesus. It doesn't need to be about Jesus. Just because you... Just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you are a Christian pop punk band. Yeah. Yeah. I feel... So all in all, I like the song, you don't like the song. (laughs) Hell yeah, oh yeah, nah. I feel like we've let at least Richard... (laughs) I think it's been a good episode. Okay, well I'm glad you're pleased with it. I'm glad you're happy with yourself. Um... Yeah, I give this a yeah, nah. And, like, I don't mean any ill will, it's just it really isn't my cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> we got into Christian rock. I know. <laughs> this is why we need to wrap this episode up as soon as we can. I give it a hell yeah. Good. I'm glad. And I'm going to just say I'll see you all in hell. I mean... We're all going there. No, no, we need to talk about next week's song. <laughs> Okay, next week I imagine will be much better because we are talking about the song Stitches by Shawn Mendes as covered by State Champs for Punk Goes Pop 7. Whenever I see PGP, I just want to say Punk Goes Pod. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically he did. they did cover it for us because we're covering it. Yep. Yep, yep. yep. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Punk Goes Pod 7. It's the seventh <laughs> season of it. The squeak wall. All right. Uh, I'll let you go now. <laughs> Get some hot dogs in you. <laughs> now you've just given away that we're having hot dogs for dinner at 29 and 31 years old, respectively. Oh, uh, I was going to leave it to some suspense. Like, what do they mean by hot dogs in you? <laughs> I reckon we should put this one behind a paywall. <laughs> And by that I mean, like, let Richard listen to it and nobody else. Because <laughs> Richard would be the only person who would pay for this? No, but, like, give it to him for free, but everyone else who wants to, like, ruin their day can give us a dollar to do so. I, for I, the privilege. I'm not at the computer spot. How long has it gone for? 48 minutes. Oh, come on, it's not that bad. 48 minutes. <sighs> That's, like, a, bit, a little bit of video games. Come on. Oh, man. I was just thinking the other day, like, I really need to invest in the podcast more, like, promote it more, and he's, and then, like, 
I don't know what you're going on about. I think this has been a legitimately funny episode. I look, I've enjoyed recording it. It just <laughs> it feels like I'm letting the side down you're because not. I genuinely do not have any opinions about much at the moment. You're not. Um this ship would sink without you, you know. <laughs> in a podcast without you. <laughs> Fucking hell. No. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like you're saying that to like shield the world from a podcast that is just me. No, I think I would gen- I would listen to that. Um, I just yeah. I mean, I could spend another 10 minutes just sitting here and being like what a weird year, but I'm not going to nah, we've although done, we've done that enough. I will mention by the time everyone listens to this the day that you are listening to this is also mine and Sam's nine-year anniversary. Oh, yeah. So this is where I tell you I have nothing planned because plans don't matter anymore in 2020. And our three-year anniversary with having boss. Is the day before. Is the day before. So yesterday by the time you guys are reading this. Reading with your ears. Yep. (laughs) Listening. It's like reading, but with your ears. Exactly. (laughs) Oh no, what have we done? I like that you are the one in control and yet you're still letting this ship sink. Why is it my fault? It's not your fault. (laughs) You're the one in charge of whether we stop or not. That would be funny. I went to stop it and you're like, no, we have to talk about next week. Well, we did have to talk about next week. We didn't have to. But like, I, I would have thought it would have been really funny if it had been stopped. For like five minutes, and it's just me talking shit, thinking I'm on microphone, thinking I'm being hilarious. I l- it's like, oh, this is the best stuff I've ever produced. I don't know how it's taken me nine years to figure this out, but like, just give you a hot mic, and you are you are off and running. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had zero problem. Like, I was nervous that first day. I had zero problem being on radio. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't do dumb things that set back progress of good things. Yep. Um, take that to mean whatever you wish. Yep. We um, know what that means. Yeah, yeah, look. Um, we love you. Yeah. No, but it's only a... as a friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're cute and all, but like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I just don't see a, uh, I don't see a romantic future with us, between us. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. 